This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. All right. Welcome in, everybody. This is Zero to 60. That's Matt. I'm Bree. And today, oh, good morning. The one and only Nick Ferguson will be joining us. But first, I got to tell you about our show sponsor. I got to get it out of the way real quick because Zero to 60 is sponsored by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports is off and rolling, and college basketball is on its way. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, all of the predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every single sport, is available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head on over to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code. That's B L E A V for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit because Bet Online is where the game starts. And without further ado, I got a welcome to the show. He's a 10 year NFL vet, former Denver Bronco, host of Broncos Country Tonight on KOA, the Nick Ferguson show, and a bevy of other things because he's the main. With the, uh, sorry, he's the man with the mic during Broncos game day. He's the hype man, Nick Ferguson. He's also a great friend of mine. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that because I got to throw it out there. Nick, how are you? Let's go. <laughs> Girl, I'm so glad you're on the show, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Let's go. Listen, my favorite part of Broncos home games is the fact that I know exactly where to find you. At every moment of the pregame festivities, uh, how is that going? How excited are you to continue that? There's only a couple of home games left. Oh, I'm excited about uh, the opportunity when they asked me to do it. I was a little on the fence because, uh, I mean, being in, in front of like 60 plus thousand and you make a mistake, everyone seems to know because everyone has a phone. But uh, after getting into a groove, I, I love it. I love uh, being a part of Broncos country. And uh, supplying that energy every single game, and somehow, like I, I didn't know exactly where your seats were because I was thinking, like, you know, Bree is getting these paparazzi type photos of me, and I don't even know where she's located. But now I know where your seats are located. I come down every single game to say hello. You do, yep. and it absolutely makes my day. Go ahead, Matt. We were sitting there at the Sunday night game and just, you know, minding our own business, and all of a sudden, all I hear, all I feel is a chin on my shoulder, and I'm like. Man, I really hope I know this person. And you're just like, hey, friends. And I'm like, yes, Bird, all right, man. Look, look my question's simple, bro. You, you played for Houston. You played for Denver. I think I know where your heart is on this one. But this is a playoff game, period. Like, the winner of this game puts themselves in position to be, you know, a high wild card or maybe compete for division because that's, that's one, one and a half games behind Kansas City, and you already split with them. So – the importance of, of Denver, Houston this weekend. Is this the biggest game in Broncos country since, I don't know, week, week 16 at Tennessee when they, you know, were fighting for the playoffs the, the year after they won it all? Yeah, a absolutely. Because uh, the first thing you look at is how this team started off the season. One and five, they were left for dead. And all of a sudden, the, the defibrillator was picked up and they got this bolt of energy that was uh, injected back into this team. 
five wins as of lately. They're going to look to make it six in Houston. And you look at where Houston is. I mean, first-year head coach, first-year offensive coordinator, and the rookie quarterback. They're not supposed to be at this particular point, but they are, and they play great football on both sides of the ball. So this is a huge challenge for the Denver Broncos, and we would have thought the game against Kansas City Chiefs was going to be a big game. No. The game against Buffalo, big game. No. The game against Cleveland last week, big game. No. But this is one of the biggest games of the season for the team because they need this to stay in the playoff hunt. You have Russell Wilson in the conversation for possibly comeback player of the year. You have CJ Stroud, who probably will run away with rookie of the year. How important is this matchup for both quarterbacks heading into Sunday? It's really big. And I'll start with Russell. Uh, obviously, Russell was taking it on a chin. And uh, a term that was used for Russell last year was wash. He was washed. Uh, he was an older quarterback. Even yesterday, believe it or not, it was Russell's birthday. And someone in the media asked him the question as far as, well, does he think he still can continue to play at a high level, being, you know, looking at his age? And Russell kind of chuckled and laughed it off like he typically does. And he's proven that he still can play this game at a high level. When we look at some of the plays that Russell has made, you look at the touchdown play that he threw to Adam Trotman getting outside the pocket. The Buffalo Bills play getting outside the pocket, doing a pirouette, and finding Cortland Sutton in the back of the end zone. That was vintage Russell Wilson. But think about this, guys. Those were not Sean Payton called plays. That was Russell going ahead and using his athleticism to extend plays. So it is important for Russell to continue to do that. Now, C.J. Stroud, extraordinary player. The one thing I love about this kid is feet, his footwork. Everyone always talks about a quarterback's arm. I don't care about his arm. If you can throw a golf ball, you can throw a football, right? It's sort of like that dodgeball theory. If you can throw a wrench, I mean, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So with C.J. Stroud, the important thing about this kid is his feet his footwork in the pocket as an offensive lineman and former defense alignment. Hey, Matt, you know this too as well. Everything starts and ends with your ability to move your feet and move from right, left to right and climb the pocket. So with CJ Stroud, man, extraordinary kid, I'm looking forward uh, to this matchup. And once again, I I'm going to say this, when you look at this particular matchup, it's going to come down to not just the quarterbacks because we know what they're capable of. What can Houston do against Russell? But more importantly, what the Broncos' defense can do against C.J. Stroud, that's going to determine the winner of this game. Yeah, I mean, look, being a defensive player first for me was a blessing because it taught me how to chase. It taught me how to play hard. You know, the only thing they said to me at the Jets when they moved me positions was, <clears throat> do you want to play defense or do you want a job? And I said job, and they said, now you know the snap count. Play as hard as you play on defense and you'll be successful. So when I, when I watch guys play hard, what for what what changed, bro? Was it just getting Gregory and Clark out the door? Was it starting McMillan? Is it I, I hate to say this, but is it giving Locke more opportunity? I think he might be a better fit to Kareem. Like maybe all three of them on the field together. Can one of those guys play nickel like linebacker? Is Singleton better than Jewel? Like th this defense is mean, bro, and they are flying around. I, I think this is the kind of unit that can sustain this, especially if the offense is going to play with the lead. Talk about the defense a little bit. Well, yeah, Matt, you bring up a very interesting uh, topic because everyone is asking themselves, both locally and nationally, can the Broncos continue turning the ball over at a high rate? 
I'm going to say yes, because at the beginning of the season, you can tell the chemistry wasn't there defensively. And maybe there was too much on their plate as far as, you know, knowing how many things that they had to do from a defensive standpoint. And after that Miami game, I think they took a, a long, hard look at themselves. And Vance Joseph decided to pull back on some of the things he wanted to do because, you know, you played this game. You know, coordinators want to throw so much at you, but not every guy knows how to digest all that information. And it's that keep it simple, stupid type of mentality. Not to say that the guys are not smart enough, but you want guys going out there reacting fast and not thinking. So they made some changes, not just pulling back as far as the play calls. Remember, Damari Math is a young corner. Uh, was taken out of the lineup. And, and I have to say this to Damari's credit, being thrust into that lineup so early, it really helped him and will help him in the future. But he had his bumps and bruises. But the one thing I like about Damari, he was still willing to tackle and be a physical type of player. But taking Damari out, putting Fabian Monroe in, a more veteran type of corner, it really helped balance the defense because we knew teams were not going to throw at PS2. We already knew that. So the guy who was playing opposite him, he was going to get the bulk of the passes. And we've seen Favre Monroe actually show up and go back to the Buffalo game when he had the interception. So the defense is starting to balance out. But another thing is no Frank Clark, no Randy Gregory. No shade towards those two players. But I feel as though having them in the building, it was stifling the growth of the young pass rushes. And we see once you remove those guys, we saw the reps increase, but we also saw the production increase of those edge rushes. So when we look at the turnover rate that the Broncos have been able to produce, I think right now they're fourth in the league at a, a turnover differential of maybe plus eight. It's because of Jonathan Cooper. It's because uh, Baron Brownie. But more importantly, this guy doesn't get as much credit as he deserves, and it's Nick Benito. Nick Benito is one of those guys that when you talk about getting from that first move to that second and maybe that third, this is where we're seeing the Broncos edge rush pick up where it wasn't at the very beginning. So a lot of credit should be given to Nick Benita, but more importantly, you look at Vance Joseph and definitely should give him his flowers. Absolutely. You talked about the turnover differential. The Broncos have 15 turnovers in their last four games. I also think they can keep this trend up, but that's specifically because the Broncos didn't make that many changes. They didn't conduct a fire sale. They stood pat in what their direction was and what Vance Joseph was doing. I, it feels like just a handful of weeks ago, we were talking about possibly getting rid of Vance Joseph. Obviously not us, but Broncos country was very <laughs> upset with the direction of the team. And I think it just goes to show how important it is to stand pat with what you're doing. But on the adverse of that, you see Broncos country is kind of getting a clouding message as the defense continues to improve and hard hitting action uh, is just prevalent in the NFL. Broncos players and other players in the league are being villainized, not only for their style of play, but for the officiating trend that seems to lack consistency. What's your stance on the current state of defenders and the scrutinization that they face on a daily basis? Well, let's start with uh, one of the biggest things. It's the officiating. The officiating has been terrible across the board. And as a defender, I mean, I'm offended because I don't know how today's guys are able to play defense because I can't even play in today's NFL because they tell you what you can't do. They don't tell you what you can do. So that's why so much great area. And I've talked to guys on the Broncos roster. I've talked to guys who coach in this league on the defensive side of the ball. I've even spoken to guys who currently play on other teams who play defense, and they don't, they don't know. 
So they're caught between a rock and a hard place. And go back to the Minnesota Vikings game when Kareem Jackson hit Josh Dobbs. If you watch the game closely, you can see that Kareem was playing more timid. You can't play defense and play timid in this league. It's virtually impossible because if you do, now your defense is playing with 10 instead of 11. And also, you can find yourself getting injured because you're playing a little timid because you're afraid of what they're going to do in New York. So when I coached in San Francisco, the idea was like, hey, man, we're going to teach you the proper way that we feel as far as in compliance with the rules to play this game. You go out there, you play fast, you play smart, and you let them figure it out on Park Avenue as far as what's legal and what's not. And it's become really difficult across the league. There was a hit, and when the Broncos played the Buffalo Bills, I can't remember the DB, but a guy struck Corner Sutton in the head. I mean, no one made a big deal about that because guess what? You're playing against the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have somewhat of a conspiracy theory, and, and follow me if you will. When you think about Greg Williams and Sean Payton back in the day in New Orleans, what happened to both of those guys, right? We know about Bounty Gate, Greg Williams and Sean Payton was kicked out of the league for about a year. Now, you still think that the league doesn't hold a gripe against Sean Payton? I could be wrong. I don't have my 10-4 hat on, but I think there's something fishy about this particular situation and how games are called and officiated against the Denver Broncos. And don't don't be shocked and surprised. When, when the Broncos go down to tech to Houston to play on the Texans, don't be shocked and surprised if maybe I'm not saying it, it, it would happen, but there may be some conversations with the officials before the game because this Broncos team has become more physical than we've seen them in the first couple of weeks, and they've developed an identity. They've had a, a developed an identity of being really physical. So this game could be officiated more so leaning towards the Texans side opposed to the Denver Broncos, but you let me get you guys let me know about your if you agree with my conspiracy theory. I agree 100%. I wish I could bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, here, here's here's the way I feel about this. And I ask every skill player that I ever talk to on pods, if I go on their shows, I ask every skill player this. It seems to me the NFL values the skill players and quarterbacks more than the big guys. There is no head to head contact for me. There is no, you can't change the trench. The only thing they take away is high lows. So how is it that I can pull at right guard and go kick out an outside linebacker at full speed with my head down? The, you know, Burton, the fullback can try to ISO a Mike linebacker full speed, both of them with their head down. Why is that okay? That collision's okay. The double team collision, helmet to helmet, right guard, you know, right tackle, three technique, that's all helmet-to-helmet contact. Why is that okay? Why is my brain less important than all the sexy skill players? Well, because you just said it, uh, the sexy skill players, right? <laughs> when when people look at, you know, the game yeah. of football, right, they say the game is won and lost in the trenches. Very true. And based on what you and I and Bree, we saw up in CU, that can, that can that's not far from the truth. So what's happening is when we look at who is what guys are considered to be the stars and the faces of the NFL, it's the skilled players. But once again, think about this, Matt. All right, we all hear this whole thing about player safety. Well, what does that really mean, right? What players are we trying to protect? And is it somewhat of a facade of player safety? Because if you're going to protect one group, you should protect all the groups. But what you are suggesting there, they will never do because they know 
when you play offensive line and defensive line, I mean, even though there's not a great distance between you and the guy who's rushing the passer, they know that there is going to be a collision. What they've said was those collisions, you know, are very small. Even though they're impactful, they're very small. They're not considered the same as a safety runner from 14 yards deep to hit a running back because the room, the speed. <laughs> and so that becomes that becomes somewhat of, of the problem, right? So if you're thinking that the league is going to look at your position, those oh, guys in the interior in that way, you can freaking forget it. They're not yeah, going to do that. I don't want them to. I, I, I feel sorry for everybody playing right now. Bro, I'm so glad we, play, we played when we played. I mean, I understand my body hurts. I know why I can't sleep sometimes. Yeah. The fact that I got to actually play the real game of football before they, you know, demonized hard hitting, I'm so glad I got to play when I got to play. So, uh, well, you, you, you and I both, uh, we do share the same the fact that we played uh, football for a lengthy period of time and the whole not being able to sleep. Yeah, that, that totally sucks. That's a yeah. thing. That's a thing. <laughs> You guys are making me sad over here. Um, as a hard-hitting safety in the NFL for a decade, a decade-long career is no short stint there. Uh, did you ever feel the need to walk back a hit, explain yourself? Because I feel like right now the narrative is defensive backs, linebackers, they all have to come out and either apologize or stick up for themselves or go and visit Roger Goodell himself to explain away the way that they play football. Could you imagine that in your circumstances when you played? No, but, you know, here's the funny thing. In my decade-long period in the NFL, you know I've never got fined for an excessive roughness penalty. It was always John Lynch and Kenoi Kennedy. So I thank my heavens that I was able to play with those guys because they drew all the tension their way and kind of took it off of me, right? So I was able to do all these backdoor things, and no one really looked at it because the focus were on those two guys. In my, in my career – the most money I was fined was $5,000, and that was for socks. Not for a hit, for socks. But the also, the, the, also the most important thing about that is I learned how to tackle a certain way. And I, I wish I could tell Kareem Jackson this, because if you bring your arms, it establishes the area of intent of where you're trying to tackle. When you don't use your arms, now you leave it up to them to determine what you are trying to do. Even if your shoulder makes contact with the guy's chest and his head moves forward and touches your helmet. Yeah, it's helmet to helmet, but not in a natural sense because my arms were showing the area of the body that I was trying to tackle. My, my yeah. children got this lesson out of CU game, by the way. It was <laughs> It was the coolest 10 minutes of my life, I think. So speaking of CU, Bree, I know you got a question. It, well, yeah, I did. I want to kind of lead in that direction because I know that not only the Broncos coverage that you provide, you also talk about the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, obviously, Coach Prime being named Sports Person of the Year. Can you talk about his impact, your show, your coverage of CU, um, and kind of we'll go in that direction before we get you out of here? Well, you know what? I've been uh, blessed. I've covered CU on behalf of uh, Sports Illustrated and got a chance to talk with uh, Jordan Dominic. And when you look at, listen to that kid talk about his experience at CU, coming from Arkansas by way of Georgia Tech and getting here, there, there is a new culture in uh, Boulder. And I know the team finished four and eight after a hot start, but this is a team I think that it's on the rise. They need to fix some things from a personnel standpoint. Hopefully they can get some guys in the transfer portal. But looking at, you know, Coach Prime, 
you know, on the cover of magazines, constantly being talked about in commercials is great for him, but it's great for the program. And what I also try to establish to those individuals who don't like CU because of Coach Prime and all the coverage that they're receiving, I said, well, he's doing a great thing for college football. If you are a coach out there coaching anywhere, whether you're coaching at an HBCU or you're coaching at a Power Five, he just made things very lucrative for you because if your record is better than his record, you're saying, well, I need to get paid more as well. And the more recognition that he receives, you benefit from that as a coach, whether you dabble Sweeney or, or whether you are Nick Saban, it all helps every single coach. And I'm proud of what CU has been able to do. And I'm looking forward to what they are able to do in 2024. Yeah. I got to come on your show one of these days and then, uh, talk shop with you about the buffs. I know you got dentist appointments with your kids on deck. I got to go pick up my kids at one and take them to the dentist as well. I hate the dentist. Uh, but brother, <laughs> it was a pleasure having you on the show. I'll let Bree get you out of here. Oh, well, I, I, what an honor, Nick. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you so much. Uh, in life, your, your approach to everything is inspirational. It's mentor, it's uh, life lessons and all of that stuff. Can you just kind of tell me why you leaned into that in the off field aspect of your life? Why is everything this learning opportunity for you? Well, because the way I feel it, we only get one time to live the life that we're living in this body and we should leave it, live it to the, the fullest. I'm a very optimistic person. You wouldn't think that considering how I grew up, where I grew up and some of the things and the hardships I went through, but it was those situations that made me into the person that I am. Now I could walk around through life being a bitter person, but how's that going to affect people around me? And for me, and it was saying like, when you and I encounter each other for the first time, you know, I was just like, well, let me give this out for a validation towards Bree, because in our life, especially in the business that we're in, seldom do we get validated for what we do. And right. Matt knows this as a player. We often get told what we can't do opposed to what we can do. So the whole concept is trying to go out and give someone else an opportunity to live the best life they can. What, what does that mean for them? I have no idea, but it starts with having a small piece uh, of happiness. And if I can give that back to someone else, then I've done my job. Absolutely. You do that every You're single perfect. day. Man, I'm uh, ready. What's up, baby? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you later, Ferg. Appreciate you. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> The great Nick Ferguson. Oh man, every single time I texted him this uh, the other day, every interaction, I leave with a smile on my face. I'm more happy about the optimistic, just really uh, absolutely stand up individual. So fun to talk to. Um, good man. Yeah. What a damn interview. All right. So look, there's a lot going on. We're going to wrap up the show for today, but. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the college football playoff. We're going to talk about Coach Prime more. We're going to talk about Jason Whitlock's comments. I am not shying away from this. I thought his comments about Shador Sanders, I was on JB's show this morning, were fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I've reached out to them already, and I'm trying to get back on their show so I can challenge this dude on this. That's why I go on, Buffalo Nation. So maybe you should tune in tomorrow and figure out when we're going to do that, because I'm going after his ass. Um 
And it's good. It's good. That's a good thing. That's what we want. Maybe I can change his mind because I think his, his he's way off on everything he said about Shador. Comparing him to Johnny Manziel was ridiculous. So we'll talk about all that at length tomorrow. Make sure you hit us with your questions. We need your likes. We need your subscriptions. Um, and make sure that you're following everything Bree does as well. Let's talk Broncos. Their show is when? Uh, well, Let's Talk Broncos goes live every single day. If you go over there, you get Broncos and Buffs coverage. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is the trio. Tuesday is the Buffs show. Thursday is the Thursday show. And we also have a post-game reaction on Sundays. So we're busy individuals over there at Let's Talk Broncos, where myself, Zach Seegers, Joey Richards, give you every single vantage point you could think on the team. Plus, we have two Frankie's Films and Robbie's Breakdowns, where we give you film breakdowns of specific players, coaching coaching schemes and uh anything you could possibly want from the all 22 breakdown so if you're a fan of that and a little bit of a deeper dive into broncos country please visit it over there again that's let's talk broncos but before you leave and before we get you out of here like subscribe leave a comment it could be nice or it could be rude i'm not going to read them anyways and if you're still here go ahead and get you a shirt at 60strength.com slash store as always, the show is brought to you by Bet Online. Matt and I will be back tomorrow. And who knows where the conversation will go? Because from here, zero to 60, you never know what to expect. Have a good day, and we'll talk Off to you. the rails, baby. Woo! Tomorrow. Yeah. Happy <laughs> Thursday. Go rock. <laughs>